welcome to uh, our first McLaren fans podcast after the summer break. I'd love to have told you that we've been on actual holidays for two months and sat on a beach somewhere, but the real reality of it, we've all probably been sat behind a desk looking at a computer screen for two months <laughs> without S1 for most of that time as well. Um, joining me today is Andy Robinson. Say hello, Andy. Hello. Uh, we've got two uh, avid McLaren fans on. We've got Simon, who's been on before. Hi, Simon. Hi. Uh, and a new guest, but an avid listener, uh, Keith. Good to have you on, Hi, Keith. Guys. <laughs> oh, thanks for having me. No problem. No problem at all. And uh, what an impressive background you've got there. <laughs> it's a, Yeah, it's a bit papaya. And, uh, and you know, just for, for, you know, other uses, I didn't use the O word there. It is very papaya. Um, and the wife had no point in, the, you know, in buying the paint. She was like, I'm not getting involved in that paint colour. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, you know, um, obviously uh, Perry watches and listens to every uh, episode to see if anyone else uses the O word when they really shouldn't. So there you go. Um, obviously, you will notice that there's no Sarah with us today. Um, uh, don't worry, she's not been kicked off the podcast. Um, it's uh, unfortunately she's 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 not very well, so she's uh, once again uh, can't join us. Um, and one of the reasons that we've had a bit of a break in between as we've been hopefully uh wanting to get get her back on but you know unlike unluckily it's not happened um so now we're taking bets on who returns first sarah or danny ricardo <laughs> <laughs> so yeah summer break uh without f1 let's what do you guys do without the f1 um, I've watched a bit of IndyCar. I've, um, you know, kind of potted around in the garden, that kind of thing. Um, I, I even went to see some Formula E. So what about you guys? What What's your sort of plans when um, when the F1's not on over the summer? Formula E is a good segue, Andy, because we have the Extreme E, we had the IndyCar. We haven't got any McLaren Shadow yet, but that, that is coming. But yeah, uh, Formula E was amazing. That was grand and London. Um, we saw a bunch of people and uh, that. But uh, Extreme E has been grand as well. Um, getting behind uh, Tanner and getting behind Emma has been brilliant. And um, Festival of Speed. Uh, did anyone else go to Goodwood Festival of Speed? It's a uh, bit far for me, that one, I'm afraid. Oh, it's a trek. It's as far south as you can go, pretty much. But my, great helicop- fun. my helicopter doesn't go that far. Sorry. <laughs> Fair enough. So that, that was a uh, and recovery. You know, we we all watch the race and qualify and um, practice, and it's a it's a commitment. So I I have the other half that has to have some of my attention for at least two weeks of the year. <laughs> yeah. Um, and what about you guys? What about you, Keith? So I'm going to stick with you guys. I was extremely. I didn't see some of you guys on the Saturday, but I did go on the Sunday and met up with a load of the papaya family, which was fantastic. And again, I'm with extremely, uh, you know, with Emma and Tana and hopefully Emma is feeling an awful lot better. Um, she didn't look too good when they showed the video of her being beaten up. And I know then Tamara had an issue as well. So and I'm going to say, yeah, IndyCar as well. And, uh, you know, you know, via um, Twitter or X, whatever we're calling it these days, you know, chatting to Tom and talking to Tom about that, you know, 
you know, chipping in with a Sky Indy car, finding out what was going on and trying to get some inside info, which we like to think, but we don't get it anyway. But it was a great time. And yes, like Andy saying, had to give wifey a little bit of time so that she could talk to me about Charles Leclerc. But that's a whole different story. <laughs> I think that's another type of podcast and quite specialist. <laughs> that's a specialist one. That's a specialist one. <laughs> And what about you, Simon? Yeah, I, I feel like I've let the side down now. I sort of, I did in and out and, and followed it a bit, but I did take sort of two weeks. Uh, I took the break. I sort of, as it finished, we went off to, to Menorca and spent two weeks in the sun. And then I came back on the weekend of, of Zandvoort. So we sort of flew back following practices, got back in on the Saturday, watched qualifying, and then just sort of straight back into F1, really. Um, <laughs> but a two-week sort of digital detox and and... Yeah, time with the family was fantastic. It was uh, it was great to do. So yeah, excellent. It sounds like we're all had a good time. Um, I, I wonder if there's anybody out there that's uh, done anything a bit interesting, wants to give us a shout um, on the on the socials and things like that. Um, yeah, summer break. One of the things that I would say that definitely coming out the other side of it, we've uh, we've had a few races since then, haven't we? So we've had uh, we've had did we have we had Spa. And then um, we've had um, Zandvoort as well, and then yeah. Mon- Monza, and now Singapore. Um, was Spa before the break or after? I think I think before the break. It was before, wasn't it? Yeah, and that yeah, confuses yeah. me because normally uh, Spa's on my birthday weekend, which is definitely after the summer <laughs> break, but they've moved it all around. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah. But what, what I would say is that, um, you know, we we got them upgrades in Austria, we've had a few more put on since, and then we've got a few more after that. And uh, even this weekend, we've had some for Singapore. And our upgrades are working. It's great. i, I got to say that the, the correlation between what they're trying in the factory and, and what they're doing with sort of CFD and, and wind tunnel, you know, and then coming to track it, what's the good thing is, yeah, they're working. I think the worrying thing is they're underestimating that. In, in the surface. so then we're getting more performance, which is great. But then you go, is it going to trip us up? But I'm not going to knock it. This ride of performance at the minute, the the, the curve of what we're on is amazing. Well, there's a lot of analysts out there that say that probably we're going to be the biggest challenges to Red Bull next season if we continue on this route. Mm. I'll take that every day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm kind of curious, to, um, and Andy, maybe this is a good question for you. Um, the, you know, are we starting to see the new wind tunnel making a difference here, or is it like another few months down the line? Do you think we we've not started using it yet, as far as I know? We we're right about to start using it. We're still in Toyotas oh. over in um, oh, where is it? Austria, Toyota, Cologne, I think, yeah. isn't it? Cologne, yeah, Cologne, that's it, yeah. Yeah, I think I think we're right about to start using it, which would actually be the big impact. And uh, Zach was saying on um, Saturday or Sunday that the difference is flying stuff out flying stuff back getting mm-hmm. people out getting people back and that's that's wasted time effectively and now we we have the new wind tunnel which we're about to turn on is it's going to be huge but i, I think uh, one of the things i said as well was in the cost cap era it's not about bringing five or six things in five six different weekends it's about packaging it all together and doing that one big dump and it's cheaper mm-hmm. to do that than it is to do lots of little ones i, I I think that's brilliant because uh, we, we've seen two massive, massive deliverables um, and they've 
the packages. We, we can see a difference between Piastri this weekend and Lando this weekend. Nineteenth mm. like, yeah. and fourth was it on Friday? Um, it wasn't even close. And that's not because Oscar's a bad driver, because it's a great driver. But the package must have been insane for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And obviously, you got the other teams bringing them. But I think you say them coming in sort of like large sort of pack packages. Um, not to put double entendres out there in the middle of the podcast again, but um, <laughs> oh, that one's tickled him. We've oh, lost him for next class. gone now. <laughs> Andy, Andy loved laughing about his large packages. Yeah. Um, while, while, while you're while you're giggling to large packages, I think what you say, Andy's right. You know this the 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 consolidation of upgrades that we bought rather than the large package consolidation altogether. And, and see how they work together. So Oscar got some of them and you could see it wasn't quite probably interacting with what else we had on the car as expected or as intended. But then you see the other effect, like Aston Martin bought some upgrades where they got like the bow tie back on the, on the, on the, on the rear end. Um, so really small upgrades, but they have a really, they seem to have a really negative impact. And this is what I mean, that co- co- correlation of it, where it, comes together and works just seems to be nailing it i mean what sort of zach and andrea and, and the rest of the technical team are doing is really clicking mm. yeah absolutely um yeah what's your impression keith on the well on the yeah I'm, I'm absolutely with you guys i love the fact that we're bringing these and again with the cost caps thinking about that once we do open our own wind tunnel we're not wasting money on shipping people out shipping equipment out that's all going to have an impact but take into taking into account Oscar's performance this weekend, you know, he was making up ground, even without all those upgrades. That car was definitely not slow, and that guy can drive beautifully, you know, and he made up more places than Max did, if we're allowed to use the M-word, you know, but he was <laughs> out there, and he was really pushing that car to its limits without those upgrades. So we must be getting fantastic data feedback from the upgrades, as well as, you know, not having the whole package, but seeing these cars, and, and also Lando and, and Oscar working together, you can see that that you know, they're bouncing off one another and they're getting the most out of the car. They're obviously sharing a lot of information and data with each other. And it's just fantastic from my point of view. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't think anyone is going to argue unless they are like the biggest, maybe like, sort of Liam Lawson fan or something like that, that, <laughs> um, that Oscar tell- is bit, definitely rookie of the season. He's, he's, he's not driven yet. like a rookie. Um, no. Yeah, there's been a few times where there's been some mistakes, but overall his performances have been consistent enough. Yeah, to to make Lando sweat a little bit, I think. Yeah, 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 mm-hmm. yeah. Yep. Not even um, <clears throat> Danny Rick could do that. So <laughs> you know, although he was until he broke his thumb, he was doing really well. Um, the few races had back. Yeah, give him credit for that. Hey, um, talking of ex-McLaren drivers, wasn't it wonderful to see an uh, McLaren ex-McLaren podium this weekend? <laughs> it was. They're they're all, all gone through walking at some point. <laughs> lovely, absolutely yeah. lovely. Um, one thing I did notice over the summer, um, the normally there's like it's silly season and stuff like that, and there's oh this driver might move here and something like that. But nothing seemed to really happen. No, nobody retired. Nobody quit. Nobody said, "Oh, I'm leaving this team." 
which normally is the thing that happens that you get like a knock on effect from that or anything else like that. Uh, I guess the only thing you had was like, you know, helmet markers, casual racism of Checo, which is absolutely ridiculous. And, um, you know, the, the, the sooner that guy's not in the paddock, the better. Um, and then as just a quick point on that for then Red Bull to turn around and say, he's not a Red Bull employee. Get out of here. What are you playing at? So, yeah, you know. I actually think one of the journalists went up and showed him the YouGov page, and it yeah. showed Helmut as like the second on the YouGov page for Red Bull Racing. So oh, wow. talking to Christian and then going, uh, what do you mean? You know, you see this on here, he's there. So, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Not a fan of him. Not a fan at all. Even before this recent thing. Having met having met him once, I was not a fan of him. <laughs> Put it that way. Um. Anyway, yeah, back to the silly season sort of thing. So obviously we've nailed down Lando and Oscar for next year, which is great. I think that's a, a grand move. I I wouldn't be surprised if we offer them longer term contracts in uh, in the winter break, get them both on another two years. Yeah. Um. I think it would be very sensible. I think they work well as a driver partnership. It's, um, I think it's still the youngest partnership that we've actually had, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, Which, yeah like youngest on the grid as well, isn't it? Yeah. 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 Um, but, you know, it, it certainly doesn't feel like um, like that case. <laughs> you know, Lando feels like he's been around forever, doesn't he? So... <laughs> You know there are only four seats available. And which one are we taking? Sorry. <laughs> uh, well, one of the four that's available officially is uh, Fernando Alonso's partner at Aston Martin. Right. Now, I'm not sure that Stroll's seat is actually available. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, to, to be fair, I don't think... Um, I don't think he's done anything to kind of... If he wasn't... If his dad didn't own the team, I think he'd be out this year. Um, yeah. Kind of get the feeling that Lawrence is there going, look, it's kind of like a parent would do and go, look, I've bought an F1 team. You're going to drive it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think he wants to be there anymore, but it's kind of a, look, I've made this tea for you. You're going to eat it. It's, it's Yeah. I think if they're starting to get a more competitive car and Alonso is showing that it is more competitive and a decent driver's uh, hands, then I wouldn't be surprised if the trigger gets pulled at some point. But there you go. So let's have a let's have a bit of a chat about Singapore. Just gone this weekend. Um, I think we all know, you know everybody's going to have known the result by now and everything else like that. But I just want to. My first point, I want to just say how refreshing it is that Red Bull didn't win. <laughs> Do you know, we were sat in, uh, after the safety car, last 20-odd laps, we were sat in uh, second and, and we were waiting for Mercedes, who did a great, by the way, great decision, great strategy, give it the risk, throw the dice, and they could have done us. And we were sat watching him, and we were sat in second, and I was like, honestly, in my heart, if we'd finished fourth because both Mercedes had overtaken us, I still think that would have been a great result. We wouldn't have had a podium, but it would have been a great result. Mm-hmm. But to finish second, having held off both Mercedes, thanks to our old friends Carlos, uh, 
brilliant absolutely brilliant I genuinely we were on the edge of our seat for 20 laps just watching the clock come down and then watching the milliseconds behind us um gutted for George he didn't deserve to hit a wall but also we deserved second I think Lando sold him a right dummy on that one really yeah because Lando hit like literally seconds before him mm. and I think that possibly George just pop- followed him straight into the wall so yeah um yeah I mean P2 I'm never going to turn that down and a P7 you know double points love it Pushes us further, further up there. Are we going to catch Aston? I don't think so. I think they're a little bit too far ahead. They're going to have to have a real meltdown for us to get them, I think. But I think I would say fifth in the championship is pretty much ours if we continue this trajectory. Mm. Um, it would be interesting to see if you took from Austria onwards where we would actually have sat. Maybe there, was a, there was a tweet going around today that said... Uh... Lando Norris is the third highest point scorer since Austria. Yeah. Uh, and the only two above him are Red Bull. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So I think we'd be doing all right, but, you know, would we sat there in second place or third place? I think Mercedes have looked strong since Austria as well. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. And the OKX livery, I mean, I thought that looked really good. Any of you guys were were you lucky enough to go to the MTC for the reveal? I know okay. a few fans were taken along. I yeah. think it was, you know, it was only a handful of them and stuff. But it was good to see, um, you know, some some fans getting invited along and, mm-hmm. um, you know, being involved in these sort of things. The more of that kind of thing that McLaren and their partners do, the better, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, um, so that the livery itself. It was called the Stealth Livery and a lot of black on there. And the thing that really stood out was if you looked at that car, all you saw was OKX. Mm. Like they managed to hide a lot of the other sponsors. And the, the rear wing, the amount of time we got on the rear wing with the two OKX and the Web3, it was, um, they got their money's worth, I think, out of that livery. Yeah. 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 And, and they'll have paid for it. But you oh, know, yeah. I, I think this is a really good strategy by us for these sort of things. Mm. Um, I, I would say that the uh, Williams had a similar thing going on with the golf livery. And when I saw it in real life, it looked like a, looked a bit of a mess, to be honest. <laughs> um, and and I love, I love a golf livery um, and, you know, put it on a Williams, put it on a McLaren. It should look amazing, but mm. I just, it looked a bit confused to me. Yeah, yeah. So there you go. So um, let's talk about quality. Keith, did you watch any of the quality? Did you get to see that? Absolutely, yeah. I absolutely love the quality. And watching, uh, you know, Lando, I mean, obviously I'm going to come back to McLaren all the time, but watching some of those times and looking at that board, you know, talk about sitting on the edge of your seat. I would like to say I was pacing, but being a wheelchair user, I wasn't. I was going up and down the carpet, though, and I've got two grooves up and down the carpet. It was... You have to change your tyres after that. <laughs> yeah, well, it wasn't quite as quick as theirs at 2.1. <laughs> but what I would say is even Quali, as far as I'm concerned, even Quali had me on the edge of my seat watching it. Um, yeah, it sort of set me up for a cracking Sunday. I was really looking forward to race day after Quali. Yeah. What about you, Simon? Yeah, it was it was cracking again. You know, looking at the times, I think really unlucky with 
Oscar in Q1. Uh, just the yeah. timing of, of where that was. Um, what was apparent, though, I mean, they came around that last corner into the wake of Stroll's crash mm. so quick, but reacted really fantastic to yeah, save the car. It was yeah. really good. Um, so, yeah, just a bit of timing, but Oscar's pace was out. I think he was going to gain, um, possibly get through to Q2. There's no doubt in Lando. Um, I, I always take a bit from practices where bit pinch of salt because they run programs and you've just got to let them run programs and not out for times. So what they whatever they were doing was working. And then when it gets down to quality, the times that Lando was putting in, you know, stealing purple sectors um, and was really up there. And you were just thinking, do you know, if he just, if somebody just puts a wheel out, he's, he's going to get it. You know, Lando was up there for potentially sort of P1, um, but it was still a fantastic job, you know, to yeah. put us in that position. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I, I think that once the Red Bulls had gone out, you started to kind of think, oh, this is a bit different. This is a bit interesting. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, up until that point, I was always thinking, uh, you know, have they been holding a little bit back? What's actually happening? Are they, are they doing anything? You yeah. know, to kind of just then. And then all of a sudden, you know, Max would put it on pole and we're back to where we started. Mm. Um, but yeah, once the Red Bulls looked like they were definitely going out, I started to think, this is going to be interesting. And, and I actually genuinely thought that we had a shot at Paul. I really did. I, mm. Just because without the Red Bulls there, you never know. And it just yeah. takes us, Lando or you know, less likely Oscar because he didn't have the upgrades, but Lando to just put that perfect lap together, a bit like Lewis did a few years ago. Mm. And he would have been like kind of going, yeah, you know, he's, he's, he's got it. Mm. Wasn't quite there though. It was um it it was back us back in the mix. Like you thought we could get a pole. I, I thought we were definitely gonna get both cars into Q three and we were we were in the mix again, which is lovely because start of this season when we were not very good at all. Just to tell us that we'd be in the mix in Q three with a possible just a concept, an idea of pole, that that was cool. Yeah, not lovely to see it again. I have to go and listen to those dark days of the podcast back again and see what we actually said. <laughs> uh, I bet we found something positive to talk about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hope we didn't just write the season off and say, that's it, we're not doing any more podcasts until we no. better. <laughs> just, just on quali, I've got to say, I've got to make a, a confession on quali. When Liam Lawson put it in P10 or, or knocked Max Verstappen out of Q2 and uh, the, the Perez was already out, I was literally jumping and hollering and hooting around my living room because I was so happy. I It made my day. Absolutely. And I know yeah. you shouldn't wish bad fortune on anyone, but it was Max Verstappen and I'm fed up with seeing him up there. So, Yeah, I, none of us want to see him, you know, kind of uh, crash or anything like that. And we're not, no. you know, we're not, none of us hate him. We just, we want, we just want something to change over a bit. Different. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I feel I feel confession has got to come on, Simon. I was with you, buddy. I was absolutely <laughs> with you. <laughs> I, I think seeing, especially in the race, so we saw like the four different teams right at the front. Yeah, all mm. mixing it. Any of those four teams could have won. Yeah, I think if if Red Bull weren't so dominant this year, and it's their fault for being so good, obviously not our fault for not being as good. Um, <laughs> if they weren't so dominant this year, it would be an absolutely mega season because there's four teams right within hundreds of a second of each other. And it was so good to, for Red Bull to have an off weekend. 
Yeah, they, they've won everything else. You know, forget about it. They've won the championship. They both of them. Fine, all yours. But this weekend, where they weren't on there, and we all were. Uh, I I didn't even care Carlos won. I didn't even care that Ferrari won. I just loved seeing someone else win. There being a change, um, and Carlos is one of our own. He's fine. Yeah, he'll be back one day. Yeah, and I loved he clearly, and you could see during the race, he clearly knew he was dragging Lando for rear gunner. He, yeah. had, he had defense. I'm going to say that the best strategy call that Ferrari have had in years came from their driver. The driver. <laughs> Right, but so really early on, he was not going full whack because he was keeping the field compressed so they couldn't do, do an undercut. Yeah. Now, if that was a Ferrari tactic, they have pulled a blinder there because yeah. they are not renowned for being good at that. No, no. I think if it had been Charles Leclerc, I think it would have been the opposite. I think he would have wanted a gap to Carlos. And Carlos, I think, is is a very sensible racer. Um, I think Charles races with his uh, with a bit of emotion, um, yeah. and I think Carlos is a, is a little bit different than that, but certainly uh, a bit more level headed. I think, but yeah, it was a great race, and you know, this the the safety car and the pitting sort of um, kind of rolled the dice a little bit, really, um, and you kind of. <laughs> You have to, you do have to feel a little bit sorry for Charles Leclerc because basically they just sacrificed him at that point for giving Carlos a shot at the win. But he had to do it, otherwise they were certainly going to just end up in giving Red Bull a bit of a chance. So it was a, it was a great race though. Like you got to admit, it was, just, yeah. just as a race. And the, la- the last, on. sorry, the last fifteen laps made it for me. Yeah, I, I had. <laughs> my non-McLaren friends texted me about the race. Like, that's how good a race it was. <laughs> yeah. uh, should, we, um, should we talk about the absolute disaster that is the Silverstone? We will. I just want one last point to make. Um, unless anyone's got anything else. Um, Oscar Piastri uh, made more places up than Max Verstappen in that race. Boys a talent. The boys a talent. Yep. Yep. Um uh thanks for to uh Nikki for that tweet. I said I was gonna steal that for the podcast. So <laughs> there you go. It's quite a, quite an interesting one. But yeah, let's uh Silverstone tickets went on sale today. Andy, do you wanna kick us off? For the first time in decades, and I'm talking decades, me and the family, we are not going. We are not buying tickets. If I win a competition or whatever, I'll go. But we are not going purely because it's got to the point where I cannot justify the rip-off cost of what a Silverstone ticket is anymore. Um, yeah. We can. We do the four-day weekend. Uh, we we take part in as much as we can there. And this year, for us to do a four-day ticket, which they're charging you 100 quid more for a Thursday than you are for a three-day ticket, you don't even get anything on a Thursday, but let's charge a hundred quid for that. Our ticket price would have gone up two hundred pound per person. So for four of us, that's eight hundred quid. And we're not even in like anything luxury. We're in Cops B. We we sit in Cops B. We sit in a bang average grandstand. But brilliant view. Like you 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 get a great view. But we're not in Beckett's. We're not in Maggots. We're not in like the straight. And I just cannot 
cannot justify that a ticket would have got two hundred pound. It is her absolute mick. So I'm yeah. I'm gutted, but we ain't we are not going. Yeah, I I think um, you know I'm I'm. <laughs> So every now and then I'll go and do a weekend or do a quality and that. But I tended to like to do my my Silverstone that was, was slightly different to yours. I would always buy the Friday GA ticket and I'd go because it's a chance for me to meet a lot of people that I talk to on Twitter in real life, have a yeah. bit of a chat with them, sometimes sit in a grandstand. I can remember years ago um, sitting with um, uh, my friend Hope and uh, and Danny just sat in store at five o'clock. The F1 had all finished. A lot of people had gone home and it was like uh, F2 practice or something, you know, one of the tin tops or something like that. And we just sat and it was beautiful sunshine and we were really relaxed, just sat there, just chatting about more race and stuff like that. And, you know, I'm kind of, I'm gutted I'm going to miss that, but I'm not the only one that's going to miss that. They're not going again. They used to go every year. I've seen lots of people on Twitter, um, whatever it's called these days, just <laughs> saying the same thing, that this time it's just not feasible to go. And what I would say is that, um, you know, I get it. They put the prices up. They're going to sell out. They're going to sell out the tickets for the race. It's going to happen, mm. right? It just is. All the other races around the world have done that. It's It's going to happen. The bit that sticks in my throat is, there's there's two bits. There's the dynamic pricing, right? So if you if you were at work today and the tickets went on sale this morning, and now you're looking at them now, the first time you can get on to the actual internet to look at them, you're paying £150 more on average for a ticket than you were at 9 o'clock this morning. Jeez. Don't forget to get today's price, and you have to be a £120 Silverstone Racing Club member as well. Oh, you have to have done that as well. Yeah, to get, to get the member pre-launch, you have to be a member. And then they're releasing normal tickets to normal people in a couple of days' time with dynamic pricing already started. So you have to pay £120 to try and get the the tickets £120 cheaper than what they might start in a couple of days' time. Yeah. Are they off their fucking head? I mean, <laughs> let's be honest, right? You know, the guy who's running Silverstone stood up after COVID, before the thing, and stood there and said, if it wasn't for the fans, we wouldn't be here. And I was going, good on you. Good for you, right? We'll go and we'll support you. Do you know what? I wish I'd never given them the fucking money now because it's just money grabbing now. And, you know, take dynamic pricing out of it. Put the prices at a normal rate. Fine. That's all right. You know, hike them up because you've got demand. Don't charge people 120 quid to be a member for fuck all. Don't charge people £100 to go into the centre for nothing. Don't charge mm. people another £100 for going into the on a Thursday that used to be part of the thing. And like you say, there's nothing on. There's the Sky TV thing. You're paying £100 to be in a Sky TV audience for a live show. Mm. Rip off. Absolute go, rip off. If you go Friday, just so like you, I looked at going just Friday just to see the car on track. To get a roving grandstand ticket, so you get really nice view because they've reduced the GA. You, the lot of things you can't see now on GA is 150 quid just for Friday, plus 40 yeah. quid parking. Yeah, and a couple of years ago, I paid 70 quid for that ticket. Yeah, me and the wife would go on a, on a on a Friday. Um, this is this is ages ago, and yeah, 
it was 140, 150 quid for the pair of us. And, you know, parking wasn't that much. And, and it would be now it's kind of like, like, I haven't even looked at the prices. But now for anything like that, it's a, well, hang on a minute. It's either a Grand Prix or a family holiday. And my son doesn't like F1. So, you know, you're talking, we're going for three of us. It, it's it's a no-brainer. I can't, I can't justify it, you know. And like I know as uh, Keith, forgive me here. I, I know I go and stand and I can see everybody because I'm six foot plus tall. Yeah. And I have that luxury. I can go and stand on a wall or stand on a bin somewhere. Now, Keith, you're going to have a completely different perspective. What's it like for your side? I'm going to be completely honest with you. They're not brilliant. It's not the best circuit in the world for disabled people, for access, for viewing access. We've got a couple of platforms, but you're sat in the sun. We've got if it's sunny. Or if it's raining, you're soaking wet. There's no cover. You apply for this. There's no cover. No cover. You're so you've got no the... choice. You're going to get no wet. No choice. You're going to get wet. Or you're going to get bleached and burnt to death. But the worst of it is you can apply for a what we call an assistance scheme where you can you have to pay for two tickets. And if you need an assistant, they may refund you. But you've got to put that in an application within five days. If they turn that down, you've paid for two tickets, which means somebody that's pushing you around and allowing you to access that if you don't meet the criteria you've got to pay for both tickets that person could be literally not an f1 person they said look i'll make sure you get there i'll push you but you mustn't get me on my high horse here because you know i'm not six foot unfortunately andy so i can't see everybody's heads but and that's the problem they all stand up in front of us job done we can't negotiate the site there's the disabled toilets let's not go on it would go on and on i'm just going to say we're boycotting we're not doing it anymore it's we're finished did you go to Formula E? Because I found yes. that really easy to book. a dis- My mum and dad are in um, mobility yeah. scooters. But you could book a disabled seat really yeah. easy with a carer. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And not only did they do that, Andy, but they met us. They knew how many disabled guests they had, which was fantastic. You did it all online. They met us. They escorted us. They gave us paddock passes so that we could get down, so that we could go a different exit because we couldn't negotiate the steps over the barriers. I'm going to say that Formula E have hit the disabled access beautifully. Um, and I did email them. I absolutely did. I emailed them afterwards and thanked them on behalf of a Papaya fan for allowing me to, to really enjoy the event. We had absolutely cracking vision from where we were, sitting literally across from the podium, start and finish line. It couldn't have been better. And they they couldn't have offered any more assistance had they tried. It was fantastic. So I'm with you, Andy. They did. They pulled it out of the bag. I, I, I fear that you know that Silverstone might be one of the better ones out of the. You know, if you started going around the world, I think yeah. you find like somewhere like Monza would be impossible to, yeah. to get around. Um, yeah. And I feel like this is something that F1 should be t- starting to take up with the tracks, starting yeah. to actually say, right, you know, if you're going to hold an F1 race, you've got to be able to provide X, Y, and Z for disabled. Yeah. And people yeah. who have, um, you know, can't exactly access what you've got already. Yeah. And it should be part of the contract for me. It's it's ridiculous that it's not. It's 2023. Yeah. Fuck's sake. Get, get it right. sorted. And, you know, uh, one question I've got for you, Keith. If you had to get a ticket for Silverstone now, would you be having to pay dynamic pricing as well? Yep. So there's no fixed... you. You would be paying the same as someone else, but then having to try and sort out sort of 
restrict uh, disabled access after that as yeah, well. Yeah, you'd have to. You've got to send in documentation that supports you that says I do need a carer because not everybody and they say not everybody in a wheelchair needs a carer. Well, actually, quite a lot of us do. We need people to hold doors open and get us into places. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so yeah, and no, so you're right, Andy. We're going to fight back as well to try and get that a place available if we meet the criteria. Should be something raised up to Formula One management. And when you look at like inclusivity and diversity, which they're all pushing, you know, it should be something that, like you say, Andy, it should be something that goes right. You're going to hold an F1 race. You've got to have these criteria for all access users, and you've got to do this with, you know, it's got to be something that comes across rather than. Oh, let's hold a race in Vegas for, you know, and, and so you can sell tickets at a million dollars a pop. And we've had, let's be honest, we've had disabled um, guys in the paddock. You know, Frank Williams, you know, we had, we, you know, so it's not, it's not new. It's absolutely not new. And, you know, just as you're, just because you're in your own set of wheels, it doesn't mean that you're not an avid fan. But you do need, unlike Andy, you said six foot odd, stand up, you can still see. If everybody stands up. Yeah. that's it your vision is gone and you're trying to peer through people so it is time and it? it is time we kind of thought yeah. about everybody in the paddock everybody gets viewing somewhere yeah i wholeheartedly agree if a place like formula e in the xl center can do it absolutely they're not that well funded yeah. <laughs> i'm sure f1 can do it and and they could certainly teach formula e and he could definitely teach formula one how to make guests welcome and feel part of an event because we left bouncing. We left on cloud nine because we'd had a fantastic day and we could see everything we needed to see. And I bet you'll go again next year. You know, I am. <laughs> yeah. not, I'm going to spend it's my a money. Simple fact, isn't it? It's, it's, it is, Andy. Know. I'm going to spend my money on Formula E than, than Formula One. Let's be totally yeah. honest because I'm going to enjoy the race and get close to it. Yeah. Exactly what we said. Formula E will take our money every single day. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And on that note, oh, go on. Last one. I was going to say, we've got one minute left. Oh, I was no. just, all right. I was just about to wrap up. <laughs> Cheers for that, Andy. My pleasure. <laughs> Mr. Producer. Uh, let's just say welcome to Sam Bird for Formula E actually next year because Sam Bird, yeah. he'll be a great driver for us. And yeah. uh, thank you, Rene. Uh, but yeah, that, that yeah. was that was it. Yeah. Um, and I think we probably need to have a, a podcast at some point on. Um, on the IndyCar season, so we might have to do that soon. Have to sort that one out. Um, but for this one, um, Keith, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. Um, been a pleasure, Simon. Once again, uh, from a random Premier Inn somewhere in the yep. England, maybe. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, regulars every time. Andy, cheers. Yes, and uh, I'm hoping we'll be back in October sometime for. Uh, for another podcast and uh, we'll see and hear from you then.